0: think as a Leaf fan you kind of have to look to the future and say boy this is going to be a nice turn of the corner and moving in the right direction. The hype is there but it's there for a reason and so Leaf fans are really looking forward to number 34 having a big time campaign and let's get it going tonight with a goal maybe and get them off on the right foot.
1: back for episode three and do you believe this we're still rolling
0: everything is happening
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's a great bob cole quote and we'll obviously uh you know bid our adieu to Bob at the end of the season as he's announced his retirement. And uh, what a way to kick off the show. Let's go one one of the greatest of all time, in my honest opinion, the greatest of all time, Mr. Bob Cole. With that being said,
0: I am a little bit excited to see him go. I think it's his time. You know, he's been out to pasture for a little while, but man, if they don't give him one more Leaf game to call, I'm being very bitter and upset. Listen to the people. I, I grew up with The Voice, and when I looked at his career like is span, essentially, I realized that he's been commentating Leaf games longer than I've been alive. So, which makes a lot of sense because you think about your memories of watching hockey and it's him in the background or his voice calling the goals. So, I, I just give him one more Leaf game, please, just so I can hear him say, Matthew scored, or just to get that yeah. one good sound bite out of it. It's true, it's true,
1: because you know he would be good for uh, a pretty solid soundbite. I mean... You know, I don't mean to, uh, you know, speak ill uh, of Bob. Never said I I love Bob. I think he's the best of all time. He's the reason why I have a passion for broadcasting, and I, and I do broadcast. And for any of our listeners out there that have a hockey TV account, they can log into their hockey TV account and hear me broadcast Lumber Kings hockey on Sunday nights. Um, I only do it because of Bob, and what he did for the industry is. I feel like it's immeasurable. Uh, I know Foster Hewitt is there with the radio. I know Danny Gallivan is there with the Montreal Canadiens. There's a lot of really historic names. But for me, uh, Bob really, really trumps all.
0: Man, if you think about it like our generation, like I'm 30 or 31, you look at our demographic, we don't know who Foster Hewitt was. Yeah, we know he's a goddamn legend, but you listen to... (laughs) Man, we listen. Grew up, listen to Bob Cole, and even if it's not the calls of the Leaf games, it's the calls of the Stanley Cup Finals. The, you know, in H- Harry Neal, Joe Bowen. If you're a Leaf fan, like, yep. I, you know, you always see the hashtags on Twitter. Bring back Bowen. Like, I'm one of those guys. Like, especially when they fired Hendrick there on Sportsnet, I was like, please just give Bowen some mittful of games. I know he still does the radio, which is great. But you ever noticed how there's a few guys on Twitter who repost highlights. With Joe Bowen's commentary over, over top instead of the fucking TV commentary, Romanuck should go back to junior commentary where he belongs.
1: Yeah, Romanuk. I mean, again, I I don't really need to use this podcast as a channel to degrade others, you know, in professions. But I I just couldn't I couldn't handle Romanuk uh, as a broadcaster. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would listen to me and probably not. Be able to handle me. I, I I don't know. I I feel like I do my best to stay away from that. Um, but Romanok was just so bad. I mean, I I'm really happy that the change was made. And I'm telling you right now, Lesko, I firmly believe that my presence in the social media, namely Facebook, circles, contributed to that because oh, I had a lot. You were one of those guys. Oh You're my god, like chirping him right off oh, the job. Was I vocal, baby? <laughs> Like I wouldn't say chirping, man. It was more or less basically every time it was, please replace Romanuk.
0: Oh man, like uh, I was the biggest thing for me, and it was funny when he got replaced because um, my buddy and I were like texting each other back on some of the ridiculous things he, we've heard him say, and it was. Uh, snowshoeing up the middle and serpentine and all this made up adjectives Holy and adverbs. and eyeballs? And nobody's even heard of. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, he was trying too hard or he was trying to come up with his own shtick, but it just, as soon as I heard of him, I'm like, this guy commentates junior hockey, doesn't he? Like, I just, it never, it wasn't a good fit. You know, all respect to the guy. He's good at his craft, but he's just, I don't know. It Maybe it's the Leaf fan of me who wants the classic Bob Cole, Joe Bowen. Harry Neal, whomever, who's the the straight Leafs Homer, and you know if people complain about that, like I don't fucking care. Let
1: me just put it this way for you: there is not one highlight from last season that gave me goosebumps that featured Paul Romanuk.
0: No, because he just Scores! ruined it. Scores! Ruined it, and then that's he like trails off. Did you ever notice too during the broadcast where there's like. A solid five to 10 seconds where he doesn't say anything. Like, it's so awkward. And, and I don't understand why he does that. Like, just fill the void. Like, baseball commentators can do it when there's nothing happening. Why can't you talk during a hockey game?
1: Right when you asked me that question, I was leaving you silent in homage. To Paul Romanak.
0: <laughs> She's making me feel like shit like yeah. Greg Mellon's gonna yeah. pipe in with some bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when
1: you let me go on and on about Eli Tolvenin for the fucking <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> in episode two. Uh,
0: who did you think he was?
1: Uh I don't know, maybe Tara Vinan.
0: Oh uh, well, yeah, similar names. Finnish right? guys, both Finnish. Yeah, yeah. All yeah, right, I let's move stuff. on. So uh So we we brought it in with that sweet ass Griffey jam. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the new idea, right? Lesko came up with this neat idea. Lesko, why don't you tell the viewers uh, what may keep us out of the courtroom here.
0: Well, I figured out how we don't get sued. Instead (laughs) of playing Sweet Jams off Spotify (laughs) or getting banned from iTunes and the other podcasts. Yeah, we still haven't been approved. We haven't been approved, and we have a good feeling we might not due to the fact that we're using copyrighted music here and there. But... We, you know who's not going to sue you is fucking Nintendo for playing 20 year old Super Nintendo soundtrack songs. So That's right. I think we're on to this thing where we may start just using like sweet ass video game soundtracks. So if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, give us a shout out, let us know, tweet at us. Exactly. Because. I what mean, game
1: do you love the soundtrack to that yeah. you would love to hear us play? And I know, let's go, what were we talking about just outside there? Well, we're we talking were talking about, about Contra, Mega Man, yeah. have some great tracks. Any... Well, when
0: we were like any like Konami game yeah. or, or uh, Capcom, like Capcom, you know, yeah. sweet soundtracks. We could probably integrate that in there. And I swear the likelihood of getting sued goes down significantly.
1: I think so. Heavily. All right. So, yeah, that's the way we're going to roll it. We're going to roll with uh, more breaks. We learned our lesson uh, on for episode two with my computer shitting the bed after a lot of uh, hard work on episode two we we thought we lost it we ended up not losing it um, but the scare was what do you what do you say Lesko the scare was enough to make us say all right let's 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 break this up a little bit make sure we save our project so we have a show yeah. uh, and I think actually the integration of this you know old school video game music the dingles and the jingles that we grew up to um, I feel like that'll really help us uh, keep the show moving. We'll have segments. We'll talk about this. We'll wrap things up if we go a little long. Uh, you know, if we cut it a little short, then we're able to have a little bit more fun later towards the show and allow ourselves maybe to go off a little bit and, who knows, maybe talk about some some of the old video games that we played that we feature here on the podcast. And, uh, you know, we we got lots of other stuff to talk about too.
0: Yeah, I think we're on to something there. And I like, I like the idea. I think we're going to roll with it for a little while. And like I said, if you – there's any particular tracks you like to hear, or you're into this, uh, this whole old school video game tracks, then we're gonna keep rolling with it until Nintendo sues us. <laughs> <laughs> right. right on.
1: All right, man. We'll take us into it. Take us into the. Uh, yeah, well, I guess what intro. we're
0: doing uh, straight up here is we're going on a Leaf season preview episode. So, Leafers, tune in. If you're not a Leafer, but you're interested because they're good as fuck, then you're probably gonna listen anyway. They are good as fuck. But, Leafs are uh, elite. One of the first things I wanted to talk about, actually, and we I, I had missed it. Uh, Coleman was texting me today at work, and he says, did you hear Matthews on spit and chicklets? And I said, you know, I heard a preview. I saw Biz tweeting about it that he was going to be on it. And Coleman's like, no, you got really going to listen to this. So actually, just before the episode, I tuned in, listened to the interview, and I've never heard Matthews more relaxed on the mic. So open. Yeah, he was very open, very comfortable. You can tell, obviously, he's a listener of that podcast. And he, he, they were referencing um, when him and Biz hung out in the summer. I guess they were in Arizona uh, golfing or partying or something. But yep. They were hanging out, so the the rapport between them was phenomenal. Matthews was he was swearing, he was dropping f bombs. Yeah, he
1: was chirping Biz about not uh, not not foot the not part of the bill. bill. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess Matthews probably made more in bonuses last year than Biz made in his career. But <laughs> amazing,
1: amazing. Yeah, it was really fun to listen to. Uh, I was able to listen to it while I was plugging away on my computer. Uh, you know, doing computer work, which is some of the best opportunities that I have. I just Computer the, work. You know what I mean? I got <laughs> I got things to input and, you know, whatever, things to do. So it's nice. I'm able to put the earbuds in and listen to a podcast. Hopefully, like a lot of our listeners are doing right now, maybe you're at work and you're just uh, passing the time listening to Lesko and I just fucking shoot the shit. And Jesus Christ, I just pulled up a fucking gif of Gritty. Look at that. Look at that fucking thing. <laughs> right? I mean, like, my God. So listen... Speaking of gritty, right? Was that were we talking about this on the podcast? I'm already? a huge
0: gritty fan. Do I'm not sure if we got that in in the episode two, before I think it we might got have cut got off. cut. We might have got cut. Yeah. Okay, listen,
1: let me get to my idea on gritty okay. here. So I read an article, uh, basically I think it was two days after Gritty was announced, and everybody was losing their shit. The article stated that a, a university marketing professor was concerned with the Flyers' ability to market this mascot.
0: Man, the fucking guy markets himself. So I
1: tweeted back. I think it was Twitter. It might have been Facebook. Fuck, I don't know. But I, I responded on it, and I said, does the marketing professor realize that this guy has been trending for forty eight hours,
0: man, he was at the Phillies game the other day, dancing with uh, the fanatic, the
1: fanatic, Philly yeah. fanatic, man. Those people those... going
0: batshit crazy for gritty, man. Like he looks like uh, the best series of tweets I saw on it was like somebody did like some weird evolution stages of him, and it was showing a picture of this like cute looking puppet, and then it's like he morphed into animal from the Muppets because he was in a band, <laughs> and <laughs> but it, it kind of lined up with my take on gritty altogether. Because he basically looks like a Muppet character that got locked oh, in a cave. Yeah, yeah. And they gave a bunch of meth to, a bunch <laughs> of speed and blow, and then he came, <laughs> he came out looking like that. And you oh know what? It's, it's funny because he's so outlandish just looking in general. And then on top of that, just the ridiculous antics that they made him do. I don't know if you read the Athletic article on him. But somebody actually like, didn't investigated it, and they started talking about it, how... Based on the fans' reaction to gritty, it's morphed into his character. So he's become this like obscene, absurd, outrageous character. Okay, they had him on the ice at a preseason game, checking over people in gold t- uh, goaltender equipment, smashing them in the boards, and then at the baseball <laughs> game, he's dumping bags of popcorn on on a, a fan in the opposing team's jersey. So he's an asshole. He's an asshole. He's I straight up it. Philly. He's a Philly goon. Yeah,
1: I love, it. and you know what? That fits Philly. Perfectly.
0: Oh, it's it's great marketing. And if any of my Philly buddies are listening, they're kind of like, oh come on, but they're like, ah, they're fucking. He's right, he's right,
1: you know, and they're yeah. proud of it.
0: I mean, Carlton the Bear is a pussy. If you oh, if I know, <laughs> you know what? Everybody,
1: everybody in the world got fired uh, when the Leafs, you know, retooled Andy Frost. I really still feel horribly. Like I love Andy. I know I loved Andy. He Frost, used to right? love money. So, Am
0: six forty the yeah, post game show. Yeah.
1: So he's gone, and uh, everybody got fired except for fucking Carlton the Bear. And I mean, I I don't know. I guess when you're such a huge market like Toronto you, you got to stay literally as, as PC as you possibly can, including your mascot being
0: a cuddly little bear. Yeah, well, it's for the kids, right? <laughs> yeah, what is it? <laughs> so how did we get sidetracked from Matthews on spit and Chocolates right into Gritty?
1: Uh Oh, I was on Twitter. I was just scrolling down my computer on Twitter, and I came across a fucking picture of Gritty. You were yeah. grabbing a beer.
0: He's all over the place. You were helping yourself with uh, beer. So yeah, I guess, is there more to say on Matthews? Or are we going to talk uh, this perceived rift? Um
1: no, I don't wanna I don't wanna contribute to the rumor. I don't well, I don't. If there's a riff, so be it. Babcock went out there to Arizona to take care of it. Hopefully it's taken care of. Well good and, for him. And you know my opinion, Lesko. You you know my opinion and I'm not afraid to say my opinion. What I am afraid to do is 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 you know, continue the rumors. I don't like to continue rumors. Well, so I will talk is about there's, it.
0: There's nothing tangible to what Caprio said after the po- playoffs or what the stories have been written throughout the season. You have to give Babcock the benefit of the doubt as a coach that this guy knows what he's doing and that he can control his players and stay on top of them. And you also have to give Matthews the benefit of the doubt as a, a professional hockey player that whether or not Him and Babcock, c it, i you know, a lot of you guys listening probably grew up playing hockey. You probably didn't get along with your coach at one point or another. Absolutely. So if you're a good player, though, you figure it out because you want to fucking play. So I'm sure Matthews can suck up whatever harsh shit Babcock's put on him and figure it out because, I. and you know what, I have faith in Babcock. He knows a lot more about coaching than I do. So, and everything's gone well so far for him. So there's no reason to believe that, all of a sudden because Matthews was pissed off in the playoffs or pissed off about ice time or power play time that anything's going to change.
1: So my hot take, I mean we're talking Leafs here, so let's just go full out. Yeah,
0: we're in a preview show here. We've been talking about gritty.
1: <laughs> my take,
0: my hot take
1: is that the Leafs will not win a Stanley Cup with Mike Babcock. That's as a coach. hot ass take. That doesn't I I don't mean that to say for sure that. Now, is that Leafs, based
0: on they can't do it with Babcock? No, that's or what is I was that getting more at. so about that's what I, was about to I get don't to. think he's going to be here when they actually evolve into that point? Both.
1: I think it's both. I think that he may create roadblocks that the team would otherwise either climb over or not even have if they had the style. Of coaching that Kyle Dubis has built
0: right we know that not necessarily or Babcock is not necessarily uh Dubis's guy I mean you think about he's not that's why I'm me, saying he didn't this. hire him right that's why so, I'm saying this and if there's and you know Dubis has a really tight relationship with the players and one thing you hear about from all the players on the on Marley's on the Leafs is that he seems like a lot that a lot like he's one of the guys is that they very comfortable talking to him, expressing to him what's going on. Apparently, uh, Dubis was right after he got hired, he reached out to Matthews to get in touch with him. So I'm sure Matthews had no problem telling him what he felt about everything in the team and Dubis, good on Dubis to reach out to him and try and get the lowdown on, on Matthews' perception on things. But I can really see that, you know, Babcock is very well known as a stubborn guy, right? Absolutely So you see that throughout especially the growing process of these players and you know, these Minor, Nylander, Matthews, the young guys as they you know, become full time professional NHL well paid hockey players, there's gonna be a learning curve for them. And Bobcock's always there for a wake up call. I mean, he did it with Mitch last year on the fourth line, he's done it with Nylander. He you know, didn't give Matthews the ice time that Matthews felt was deserved in the playoffs last year. So I agree. He's, he's always good for a reality check, but at the end of the day, I still have to defer to the guy and have confidence that he can bring the team where he wants because Shanahan's chosen this guy. He believes he's the right guy to do it, and at any moment that he doesn't think so, I don't think they'll be shy about doing what needs to be done in order to move the team forward.
1: I'm just concerned that Babcock is the only thing left that is old school. Shanahan is technically new school even though he played back in the day and his and his resume is quite extensive. He is new school in the sense that he's part of the new regime, the new turnaround. Now I know that Babcock is also part of the new regime, but Babcock is not Shanahan. Shanahan doesn't really have, you know, his fingerprint his presence in the dressing room every game his presence behind the bench babcock is constantly around the players all the time Mm -hmm. so with that being said babcock brings his old school way of things into a new school environment that is quarterbacked by quote-unquote hockey genius wonder boy (laughs) kyle dubas right and shanahan is there to oversee lou lamorello is old school he fucking go. Babcock is sitting there getting shit on for not playing Matthews enough, and I agree. I, I I hate to agree with the masses because I sometimes just feel like a sheep. But fucking play the guy, man. Well, I like, mean, what are you doing? And then his and then his response uh, in the off season when they asked him about the 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 uh, the way he broke down the power play time, and and they were mainly asking it because this, basically the whole second unit is gone, right? Yeah. Uh, or sorry, when I say second unit, I mean first unit with JVR and Bozak is gone, right? So, and his response was, well, you know, last year I uh, fucking uh, put out uh, the line that was scoring. So if the line was scoring, then they got to go, what's wrong with that? Anybody got a problem with that? Well, and it makes sense. No. I but mean, like, that I was... get it makes sense, man. But you got like your future franchise player who can absolutely right. destroy fucking water bottles sitting on the bench. And he only gets to play the last 38 seconds of the yeah. power play
0: I, and I, and I, on the fly. I totally understood what he was doing, given that the first power play unit was killing it out there. Bullshit. But the fact that they couldn't find a way to integrate him into it bothered me, because why don't you play your top guy as much as you possibly can? And I think that philosophy's got to change, and I'm sure there's pressure on from management on him to make, those, to make more ice time for these guys. I mean, you want to win hockey games, what do you do? You play your best guys. I don't care if... Matthews has got one point in the playoffs against the Bruins. Get that guy in the ice as much as possible because 100%. he's the only guy, you know, outside of maybe Mitch Marner, who's a fucking game breaker.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't really want to continue on, but I, I will just, I will just, you know, continue on for one quick one. It's, it's about Sheldon for me. I would not, I would not be having this conversation with you if I didn't have a reason, and my reason is, is Sheldon Keith. I believe that again, Sheldon's his connection. With Kyle Dubas is strong in the sense that Sheldon was in Pembroke here for five years and I was the broadcaster in the fucking booth for three of those five hanging
0: out with Frosty and,
1: yeah <laughs> and I and I saw I saw the impact that yeah. this that this man can have on a young moldable moldable player if you will yeah. a young moldable mind okay I saw what he can do with the team the Lumber Kings were just absolutely
0: unfucking beatable when he best was hockey I've ever seen in Pembroke in my life. In
1: my life. It's probably the best hockey you will ever see in junior hockey in the country. Yeah. And it was culminating in their national championship in 2011. That's they won right. the national championship. This team was no fucking and joke. even
0: on paper with uh, at that time he with did the, that. not a team that was as good as say two thousand six, two thousand seven that he coached when he had Lash and those guys, like they were unreal. And, and maybe we're biased towards Sheldon Keith and maybe that's why me and Coley actually been kind of delving into the how how long does Mike Babcock have to get this team to be successful I've seen it and it's we in and, and we, we got to go back to like you said the relationship with Keith and Dubis. And the fact that we've seen Keith coach and that guy all he does is win. All he does is win. He's he won, went from the junior won, A to the O and yeah. took them from last place to fucking first. He won a record five straight titles with the Lumber Kings and Pembroke. He goes and wins the RBC Cup. He goes to the Sioux. He turns that franchise around with Dubis. He goes to the Calder, or sorry, the HL wins the Calder Cup. Like this What's guy next. This guy's prime for the NHL and I'm really I'm hoping that for some reason he doesn't go elsewhere, even though that seems to be the logical conclusion. But, you know, as an asset of the Leafs organization right now, I hope that they find a way to integrate him, whether it's an assistant or a coach or whatever.
1: If we don't win the cup this year, like if I can go into the future and whatever, if we lost in the finals, I would rather we lost in the first round again. Yeah, but and a change is made. Yeah, and 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 he's going to Sheldon.
0: Though. It's going to take way more than that to like, get rid of Babs. Like a eighteen wheeler. Well, it's going to take an eighteen wheeler. Just uh, you know, you got to figure though, given the circumstances, and we talked about this earlier today, that the leash has, has to be much shorter. Just given that Keith is waiting in the wings. That's makes, all it is. It it was it puts the pressure on Babcock, and it was interesting. TSN had uh, their top ten people on the hot seat pressure list or whatever it was called they were talking about overdrive and they brought Duffy on and uh, for some reason Babcock wasn't on the list and I expected him to be just given the fact that with the team he's given they have to make it out of the first round to take the pressure off Babs because if they don't people are going to be looking for people to blame and if the team continues to play the way it's played the coach is not is going to be the first guy you look at and you're gonna be like well why why isn't he getting the best out of the team Because that's their job, is to get the best out of the players that they are given. And we know the correct players are there in place to be a successful team and go have a decent run.
1: It's literally Moneyball. It's literally Moneyball. Dubis is Jonah Hill, and uh, fucking Babcock is... Whoever the manager is, I can't remember who what the what what the actor's name is. Remember, he was pissed. He wasn't Jonah Hill. He, he no 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 Jonah Hill was Dubis because he was the genius that was picking all the players based on their analytical stats and what they could do, and we could get them for cheap and blah blah blah. But the but the the manager wouldn't play the players that Jonah Hill was selecting based on their statistics.
0: Well, I think Dubis saw- is
1: doing that now, and and Dubis had full reign of the OHL. Yeah, and Sheldon was given all those players and I hate to bring it back but I have to. Sheldon he he scouted. He scouted and he brought players from Texas, he brought them from California, he brought Adam Douda from Slovenia. Well, he you brought think about all the guys these, brought he brought all Pembroke. these young players yeah. that really had no future in the sport. And I, I hate to say that because every young kid has a future in the sport. But, I mean, but they I were like, unscouted, undiscovered yeah.
0: guys. So you think about the guys he brought from California back in the day, like when we were in high school. He yeah, Lash up, was great, though. Like He brought up Lash. He brought up these guys, Brian Richardson, these guys from fucking nowhere in California, guys who played roller hockey half the year. It's true. And they brought them up here, and they tore up the sea.
1: People don't, like, listen, our Leaf listeners now are, are thinking, like, what are these fucking guys talking about going off on a tangent? This guy is in our system. This guy is one of our highly... I, I would put Sheldon Keith at the fucking top of our quote-unquote pro,
0: prospect If like you had, list. like, an
1: organizational depth chart. He's at the top, man. He needs to be involved, and it needs to be, like, fucking immediately. I don't care if he runs the power play and or the penalty kill, he needs to be given a job in the NHL to solidify his status as, our, as a part of our coaching staff and give him some important duties. Give him six on five. Give him five on three. Give him special teams. I don't care. Whatever Babcock can defer to this guy, it needs to happen because these players are fucking primed. So you're talking about like
0: bringing for him for a up a as an assistant sure. to keep him, sure. Just sure. Just keep him in the organization so yeah. he doesn't run off and be head coach somewhere else. He will. And, and that seems inevitable, and it was really cool to hear after they won the Calder Cup last year that he came out and said, no, I'm very happy in Toronto, I love coaching this team. Like, he was willing to stick it out where everyone's like, this guy's right in line for an NHL job. And he's like, no, I'm committed to the Marlies, and that was really cool, so I, I'm not sure if that's a do-ish a relationship or he's just comfortable where he's at right now. Because, you know, if I'm him, I, I grinded out for a while for the big job, but it's really hard to turn down an NHL coaching job, I have no doubts, as a guy who would never get offered such a thing.
1: I want our listeners, if they haven't seen it already, to pull up um, uh, like a video clip of the celebration of the Calder Cup. It was awesome. Between Kyle Dubas and Sheldon
0: Keith. You can tell the connection between those guys and just the raw emotion.
1: And at that point in time, Dubas was up with the Leafs. Yeah. So and he it's and went not, back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not like he was, you know, affiliating with the Leafs or something. But he was still in. He was actually in charge of the Marlies. Also, he was. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's important to note. That's important to note. But but he was up with the Leafs. He was with the Leafs brass. He was learning from Lou Lamorello. He was sitting in on meetings with agents and whatnot. And the level of passion and that fucking relationship that you could see between those two guys. Yeah. Palpable. Yeah. Needs to be happening in the NHL. And that's,
0: that's the that's And the I the like main reason. Sorry, I like I Babcock. love Babcock. I don't don't wanna, get me wrong. I'm not
1: running him out of fucking town, man. No. I'm not one of those people. No. I'm not. I'm just telling you that I don't think enough people are paying attention. what is sitting in the weeds and what we may fucking lose this is worse than losing a free agent for nothing
0: it's funny because i have the weird thing about do we lose them or are we going to lose them but at the same time i i'm like it gives you this organizational depth as we were saying in terms of the management and the coaching side of things because here i am sitting here like well you know if shit hits the fan with babcock guess what sheldon's sitting there we don't have to worry about If things really go off the rail with Babs. And you know what? At this point in time, the team has exceeded expectations for the last two seasons. So, in no way am I suggesting that Babs is on ice or anything. No. But I have a good feeling that with Sheldon sitting right there, it puts Babs, it puts a bit of pressure on Babs because there's an NHL coach in waiting behind you. So, you have to think, given the circumstances, that there's an easy chance. Like it, the chance is more likely that you get let go if you're underachieving.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is what, what is underachieving? I think obviously missing the playoffs. Man, missing that, the that playoffs, could result would, that could be gone.
0: out. Even though they own $25 million bucks, that could be it.
1: Because if there's a team that can afford to fire a coach for underperforming,
0: it's the goddamn it's leaves. The fucking goddamn. The beauty leaves. of being rich as fuck. And if
1: there's a coach that's going to be outed while they owe him $25 million, it's going to be Mike Babcock based on the fact that what if the rumors are true and Matthews and him don't get along? That's a big problem. That's a big problem. But we'll address that throughout the season. I feel like that's something that's that will That's going to be, be
0: an it'll... ongoing topic just to monitor right. the relationship. It will be.
1: It will be. All right, man. So I pulled us up a little tune here. This is the, you know what it is, right? Am I putting you on the spot? I'll put you on the spot. What is it? Contra. Yada boy. That's obvious. obvious. (laughs) I was just singing it outside. We were just singing it outside. All right. So we're going to pull us off to our first break here with some nice We were doing a leaf season
0: preview and we talked about coaching the whole time. Yeah, but it's about the Leafs. Yeah, I know. So That's I guess fine. we're carrying it into the next segment.
1: Yeah, no no. We'll uh whatever we're doing next segment, I think we're going to start talking about Well, I've uh, got that
0: those rapid fire questions, so we'll yeah. fire those off. Yeah, about the Leafs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right. So when we come back, we're going to go rapid fire. Who's going to score the most points? Who's going to lead the team in goals, points, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Don't go away. Oh, you love that one, Lesko. Oh man,
0: I know you love it. <laughs> man, Mega Man X is one of my all time favorite Super Nintendo games. Like, I've beaten that game several times, and I'm at the point now where I can beat it without dying. Oh my god, that's pretty impressive! Yeah, for Mega Man, too, which is a very challenging game. It is a challenging game. Yeah. So, we
1: got to give a shout out here to Family Jewels. Family Jewels, you can find them on YouTube. That's Family Jewels, J-U-L-E-S,
0: Family Jewels, 304,000 subscribers. Now, I don't think he needs our shout out, but credit to the guy for playing a wicked metal rift of the opening stage music of Mega Man X.
1: Like, he's just killing it, too. I'm watching it here Listen on the screen. He's just
0: killing it now. Now he's into the Falcon stage. That's what this track is. That's unreal, man. This guy's awesome. Well, I could listen to that for a while. But that's what I'm saying, I guess right? we'll phase into talking instead.
1: Yeah, we'll bring you back. So we're getting back into it here, and we're going to fire it off. Uh, Leave questions, we're already a half hour in. It was a pretty good segment. Honestly, I don't mind getting that. I don't mind getting through that coaching thing. I think it's a hot topic. I really do. I think it's a hot topic that uh, hasn't really scratched the surface uh, quite yet so we'll see how that develops but uh, yeah bring us into uh, some leaf questions let's go we're gonna see uh, what we feel is uh, in store for the 2018-2019 edition of the Toronto Maple Leafs probably gonna be the best season ever
0: Ah, yeah, well let's hope so so what I got coming up first is just I want to talk about the cuts real briefly because today uh, well Sunday they made some cuts and then uh, they put through few more guys on waivers today. It was actually kind of a weird situation this morning. They a- announced that Connor Carrick was on waivers right. and then somehow worked out a last minute deal with Dallas. Whereas Carrick was traded for a seventh round pick and uh, turned out it was the conditional seventh. Um, if he plays 50 games, I believe he turns into a sixth. And you know what? you look at some of the guys we picked up in that spot in the draft in recent years and Give it to Dubas. He got something for him.
1: Yeah, I feel like it may be a situation where the stars, maybe they inquired about him earlier. Maybe there was some interest there. Couldn't get a deal done. So Dubas basically plays his cards accordingly, uh, announces that he will be on waivers ahead of the actual announcement yeah
0: you know legally speaking and they go make a quick uh quick move because dallas is very far down the the waiver claim exactly what i was getting
1: at yeah so dallas is probably firmly believing that you know someone would claim carrick before he became available to us us being dallas so uh you know why not go ahead and, and throw uh what they would what they would deem to be a wasted pick now i say that lightly because i don't think any pick is a wasted pick but um you know, a seventh rounder isn't something that you're super coveting unless you're in a in an organization like a Detroit and hopefully a, a Toronto uh, that can turn late round uh, picks into something special for the club.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's a good move by Dallas. And you, I thought it was really funny, actually, because so uh, Carrick being a right hand D, we figured he had a shot and he did have, a, I think, a fair shot making the Leafs barring Babcock's kind of prejudice against him whereas he was kind of relegated to that almost the defenseman levo situation where he was riding the press box all the time, yeah, so, we said that
1: in episode one, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so
0: and I want a character to make. It. He seems like a great guy. he works his ass off. I follow him on Instagram the guy's working out like crazy he's shredded so but yeah, it was very funny to find him end up in Dallas where he's once again behind. Uh, Roman Polak on the depth chart. <laughs> One of the
1: guys in our uh, Facebook group there, he he messaged us and said, uh, "Imagine
0: if Carrick was traded for Polak. That would have been something else." That like, got some pretty I sad, he... uh,
1: you know, uh, reactions from the boys.
0: Well, in hearing like say somebody tweets out like Mackenzie or whatever, like yeah, here uh, Carrick over to Dallas. Everyone's like, "What? No, <laughs> they're bringing back Polak. Bring they're back trading Polak. him. <laughs>
1: Bring him back."
0: Yeah, so I guess, I mean, it's not a shock that Carrick got cut, though, given his performance over the last couple of years and what he's done in the preseason so far. I mean, last year, is is, is course before I know was terrible. Terrible. And even in the preseason was terrible as well. It was somewhere in the 46 or 47% range. It doesn't matter anyway. It's for just for you nerds out there. But um, it's a shame. It's a shame to see it not turn out because he seemed like a guy who could have, you know, and probably had his sights set on the top six, and then Ganov comes in, and you know Bob Cox seems to be a fan because he's a big guy, he throws the body around, and you know to be honest, the Leafs need to be tougher to play it against this year, and I think he's going to be part of that.
1: So let's get into the actual shock of the day, which was Curtis McElhinney, uh being waived instead of Garrett Sparks. Now I know there's a lot of people on both sides of the fence here. Some people are of the belief that it was the right decision garrett sparks is a younger asset and as far as dubas is concerned the asset management was played well uh if you're in that camp which i think i am in that camp uh Lesko, i I'd, I'd rather put my eggs in the basket of a younger netminder who carried a team uh to a championship you know less than uh, whatever 6 months ago so yeah. the guy knows uh, what it takes to win he's been around a lot of these same players he um, you know he's he he he's earned his shot basically. Now the thing is is I'm not sure if everyone is aware of this, but you know there is still an opportunity that the Leafs may be able to hold on to all three of those goalies: McIlhenny, Sparks. Yeah. When do we find answer. out
0: if Matt clears waivers? Like I know I haven't really been on Twitter in the last couple of hours. It's just it's
1: 48 hours.
0: I yeah I'm not I actually don't know what the rule is, but it's it, he's made it through today as far as I'm aware. I haven't been on Twitter probably since about four or five o'clock to see, but. I totally understand where the Leafs coming from, and this goes back to Dubas being a big-picture type guy, right? So, given the circumstances, like you said, asset management is the key word here. Right. McElhaney, you're not getting anything for him. He's not a guy that you're going to let go and regret in some way, whether he tears it up for some other team or not, whereas Sparks... He's, it's too much of a risk to let a guy like that go.
1: Well, the risk is exactly it. I just looked it up, Lesko. It's 24 hours. 24 hours waiver wire from noon until noon. So
0: basically until tomorrow, we'll find out if he gets yeah, claimed. And so far, right. he's not been claimed. That's
1: right. And the thing is, is it's it's very less likely that a guy like Macalini gets claimed versus the younger, more, I guess he has a higher ceiling, given his possible potential. And we all know that the goaltender situation can be pretty fickle at times. Look at a guy like J- James Reimer. I mean, this guy looked at times for the Leafs like he was going to be our fucking savior and bring us to the championship. He's
0: brought us around.
1: you know. And he's still doing, making waves in, in, in Florida. you know. So um, to be able to to keep a guy like Sparks around, make sure that he's a part of the organization moving forward, I think is a smart play uh, for Dubas and, and the Leafs management. And I, I do think that at the end of the day, they're going to see Curtis McElhinney come back to them. Um, and in the same breath, we might still see Garrett Sparks um, you know, start the season in Toronto. I don't know if he'll be able to be sent down. I, I don't even know what his contract is like. But McElhinney will be able to come up and down, which is huge.
0: Well, I guess McElhinney's got to clear waivers. And Pickard has to clear waivers as well. But it seems that nobody's taking the risk on AHL goaltenders at this point in time. Yeah, we don't Which is completely really. understandable because everybody's sorted out the go- backup goaltender situation before the season's even started. That's right. So you look at a guy like... You go look like at a guy like Sparks. He's gonna be on short leash though. It, it by the time he's well now he's an NHL player, right? So at this point in time, nobody's sitting around waiting for him to figure it out. If he doesn't figure it out, Bob Cox is gonna say see you later, and he's gonna call Mac back up, or he's gonna call up Pickard. So if if the best case Ontario, <laughs> the best case scenario in this situation is that both Pickard and McElhaney uh. Clear waivers so that we have their options down the road and the Marlies have goaltending depth. But also, which is a weird thing, and I heard recently is that the the Marlies are very high on getting Kaski Swallow to play some games because he might not end up playing if, say, McElhinney and Pickard clear waivers.
1: Yeah, you got to have the. There's not enough net to go around, is, is part of the issue, right? I mean, you, you Well, they he,
0: lent him to the Chicago Wolves last year because they didn't have net to go around between. Picker and Sparks, right? Okay,
1: okay. All right, so uh, so there's the goaltending situation. I mean, we know Freddie's going to play 66 or more. Yeah. Uh, if you were listening to the fantasy segment last episode, you know that we're pretty high on Freddie Anderson. Uh, I know you as a fan, and I think I do agree with you, and I think a lot of people would also be in your camp as well. That you know, it'd be nice to see him maybe have some time off and be well rested for the playoffs. But I don't know. I think. I might be on the fence. I, I I think I have to lean more towards play the guy, win more games, and get a get a more favorable playoff matchup. Because if we don't have to face Boston or Tampa in the first round, then we don't have to worry about Freddie maybe not being fully rested. Because we're gonna play a wild card team, and we will just be better than that team.
0: I see them writing him out for that exact reason, and we touched on it last podcast, but. It's, you know, and, and it's the same reason why Bab rolled him out as consistently as he did last season is because Freddie Anderson gives him a chance to win every game. Every game. I would That's say. That's not every in October. game, Exactly. It's not in October. <laughs> exactly. But And he gives him a chance to win every game. And even though they there were a good 10 points back for the majority of the time against Boston and Tampa, they were still trying to edge their way in there, and there's no reason why they shouldn't shoot for that. So you see... Anderson is going to get the bulk of the starts. And as long as they're in that competitive situation, even though it seemed like the standings were stagnant, essentially, from yep. January moving <clears throat> I forward know. last it was, year. That was
1: that sucked. It was always
0: boring, right?
1: I was in Florida. You know I go to Florida every March, yeah. right? So I'm usually in Florida, and I am on my fucking phone, man. One time I got a $497 phone bill. Roaming. Talking to who? No, not fucking talking, but streaming the game. Oh, streaming <laughs> the game. Streaming the game at the fucking Olive Garden.
0: You couldn't find it on the radio in Florida. <laughs> what?
1: No, fuck that, man. Like, okay, so like, I'm in Florida. And I'm looking at the games, man, and you know, like the team was just not fantastic, but we were kind of hovering. We all know what we were, um, you know. But at least it was kind of exciting to be a part of. Last year, I'm in Florida, and uh, I'm, you know, serious is obviously a thing yeah. now. So you know, my parents, a my, thing. we're we're at Target, and I'm sitting in the vehicle because, uh, yeah, I'm listening to the game. Uh, my parents are in shopping and I'm sitting in their nice new vehicle which has, you know, Sirius on it. So I flip over to the Leaf game and I'm listening to it and I just didn't have that I just didn't have that that passion level because it was like, Oh, okay, well, whatever happens, we're still gonna play Boston in the first yeah. round, you know. So No. Yeah. Anyway, all right, man, listen, let's get going. All here. right, I'll fire you off the yeah, questions here. I'll we'll set it
0: up for what we uh, said we were gonna do. do so who scores the most goals for the Maple Leafs? It should Sh- be easy. Johnny T. Johnny T. All right, I'm gonna take Austin Matthews. I like that. I like that. I mean, Johnny T. Down. Like I said earlier, my dad said Johnny T. is gonna score 50 goals this year playing with Mitch Meyer, and he don't fuck around. But I gotta think Austin Matthews is gonna be hitting another gear. And Bob's even said it in training camp. He said, "Look at this guy. He's like he is on another level." And I've seen it. You know, well, it's hard to say. you saw it in preseason because it's not very indicative of what the play is gonna be like. But I, I mean, the kid is only just growing, and he scored at a what almost a fifty goal pace last year, mm-hmm. barring injury. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why the guy can't, the guy can't lead the team, and he, potentially he's. I don't know how you don't consider him a rock candidate up there with Ovechkin, with Line A, with guys like that who, who bury like that. So, I like your pick. Uh, I like my pick equally. It's JT, and I'll uh, wrap
1: it up quickly on that one. I just believe that JT is going to lead the team in goals due to the fact that he's going to be playing net front presence on that first-line power play. There's going to be a lot of pucks.
0: That's a fair assessment because he's going to get those. Headed front of the net. He's going to get those JVR goals from exactly. last year and just JT. the goals he creates on his own. But he's JT, yes. so
1: it's going to be in. It's going to be yeah. in the fucking net. It's so, going to be beyond power Yeah, power. and I think uh, to, to further on that point, um, I love the fact that it's uh, it was known, Babcock made it known in one of his recent press conferences, that he specifically asked John Tavares where he would like to be on the, the power play unit yes that was part resp- of the process yeah and Tavares's response was net front and it surprised babcock in a good way and uh i'm, I'm really excited about that like he yeah. wants to be there and he's going to make a big difference there so count me down for jt leading the leafs and goals we'll revisited that day oh yeah well that's we'll what i'm see. saying i'm writing them down so what's next
0: all right next what's next we got here uh who leads the team in points similar Both question points. but it could be different because at this point, I got to go with last year's points reigning guy, and that's Mitch Marner because it. he's going to be. Yeah, that was your pick too. Yeah, eh? It's annoying so, when we agree. I mean, he led the team in points last year, mainly because of the Matthews injury. But if if you look at the situation he's in with Johnny T, I mean, it's 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 almost a no brainer because if it's not Matthews and it's not Tavares, it's going to be Marner, right?
1: All right. So what I'll say is, I I actually do fully agree with you, but for the sake of having a fun. Show uh, months down the road. You're gonna say Zach Hyman. No, uh, <laughs> fuck! I love <laughs> Zach Hyman. He's probably my favorite Leaf. Great uh, grinder. I'll go with Austin Matthews on this one. And and what I sorry, your pick was Marner, right? That's correct. Okay, let's you're marking go. him down
0: so we can chirp later,
1: right? Yeah, let's go Marner. Coley is Austin Matthews. Okay, so the reason why I'm going with Austin Matthews here is because I believe that Matthews will. Continue to fire pucks on net And he will score a plenty of goals You may be totally correct In him leading the goal category And if he does lead the goal category I believe that our answers will Flip-flop and I'll be correct on the There's points. a strong
0: chance he, he leads to even points yeah, If he, he yeah. snaps 50 Genos And the
1: reason being is because now he he is Going to be playing alongside uh, Patrick Marlowe who has a, a nose For the net and yeah. is very Very smart out there uh, Not that Zach Hyman is not smart Everybody that knows me well knows that I really love Zach Hyman's Who play. Who doesn't love I believe, Zach Hyman? I believe he produces scoring opportunities at a higher rate than most players of, of his caliber. Yeah, um, he's just not the finisher. So he's just got a Marlo, stone hands. We got Marlow now as a finisher, and we're assuming that Nylander will be back for the majority of the NHL regular season yeah. games. And uh, if that's the case, then I think Matthews will lead in points. What's Fair that? enough. What's All next?
0: right. So we got who leads the D in points. And we kind of touched on this a little bit. I guess we delved into a Riley Gardner, Fantasy. which is the only two options in this conversation, mm-hmm. I got to say. But I got to go Riley for obvious reasons. He's first-string power play. Feel free to agree with me on this one. But first-string power play, he led the D in points. I think he was very... Uh, he was very high up there last year in terms of overall NHL defenseman points. Yes, he
1: was. It was 52 points, and John Carlson led with 68. There
0: you go. I mean, he's he's teed up to light it up this year. Um, the kid moves the puck. He skates the puck so well, and he's an excellent quarterback for that power play. So there's no reason why he doesn't lead the team.
1: All right, I'll go against you. <coughs> give me the me. Gardner argument. I'll give you the Gardner argument. Yeah. So my Gardner argument is based solely on the fact that he is in a contract year. That's it. Um, I look at John Carlson's stats and if you can bear with me for one moment, I'm gonna actually pull them up here. Yeah, you're but going with the at, I look at John Carlson's stats and it just screams to me that a guy that can play the offensive side of the puck from the from the blue line is able to produce points at a higher rate if he wants to do so. And I'm not saying that these players don't want to produce. What I'm saying is that these players They settle into a schedule of sorts. They get up, they work out, they eat, they eat the right food. They take a nap at the right time. They go to the rink and they play and blah, blah, blah. They have agents. And the agents look at the player and say, listen, John, you've got 55 points. That's a great season. Then you had 39 injury. Then you had 37, missed 10 games. Not great. How about a full season here with a great workout regime, better diet, Figure yourself out, and get sixty-eight
0: points. And that's a fair assessment to say that Gardner's gonna be top-notch going this season, Top which is great notch. for us. Top-notch, I it mean, is
1: great for us, and someone will pay him eight million dollars. Well, there, it won't there's be us. no,
0: there's no doubt that it'll th- be Minnesota. I know if he has the year like last year, there, it's absolutely feasible that somebody's gonna toss a shit pile of money back up the old Brinks truck to his front porch. Absolutely, but. I, I'm a huge Gardner fan. He does the right things. You don't notice him half the time because he's so fucking smooth out there.
1: We'll disagree but but he, on that.
0: One. Well, I know, but he blows up out there and he does Jake Gardner things, TM, as we fucking call it, and he drives you nuts. But ninety percent of the time, or even 90 percent of the time, the guy is doing the right thing out there, and you don't notice him because he's just making the right play.
1: Okay, so let me just let let, let me let me let me tell you here, John Carlson. Two years removed from his deal, 37 points.
0: How old is Jake now? Has he got to be around same age? Jake is 28. And Carlson was, what, 29 Jake last Carlson year? Jake Carlson is 28. Jake Carlson?
1: No, John Carlson 28. <laughs> same age. So listen, let me get back to my fucking point here. John Carlson, two years removed from signing his deal, 37 points. Jake Gardner, two years removed from signing his deal, 47 points. So you
0: didn't hit 50 last year, or are you talking two years ago? I thought you hit 50 last year. No, that's last year. Okay. So that's what I'm saying.
1: That's effectively two years before because John Carlson got paid this year. So John Carlson got 37 points uh, the year before he was signing his deal. Jake Gardner scored 47 points the year before signing his deal. The year that John Carlson signed, he scored 53 or sorry,
0: 68 points. Yeah, top power play on the caps I hope that. So Gardner
1: that's 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 a pretty high number to get to for Gardner but I just feel like with the addition of JT and the fact that he'll be quarterbacking the second power play unit yeah. which will be fucking exhausted from killing off the first power play unit. Right. He's going he, to he's going to get so many points, man. He's going to get so yeah. many points and he's just going to be on fire and then he's going to get
0: paid. Yeah, and you know what? That that first D uh, position on the first power play could flip off throughout the year. But, I mean, advantage me because I beat Riley. So
1: Yeah, well, you're getting first pick every time. And yeah. I just play devil's advocate. Well, it's because I wrote all these, for good question, podcasting. these prep questions down. Right. What's so next? To,
0: All right, number four. Who do we got here? We said, what do we need to see improvement on from last season? And I've been waiting to talk about this one for a while because it's a huge sticking point. I see the debates go on Twitter a lot about this because we talk about the Leo Komarovs, the Matt Martins, the Roman Polacks, and what roles they play on the team. But if you ask me, it's not about those players. Yes, those players don't match up statistically with the Janssens and the guys we want to see playing, and I'm happy to see these guys playing. But my biggest complaint about the Maple Leafs last season was that there are two easy to play against okay you can't for, this is my perfect example okay Roman Polak cross checked guys in front of the net he hit guys in the net into the corner sorry it's not what he did with the puck yeah I rattled it off the glass and coughed it up and threw it around I like controlled exits as much as the next guy but my biggest beef with the Leafs last season was that they're too soft, okay? You cannot have six defensemen waving their sticks around at the offensive players, okay? You need, I don't care if you're a hitter or you're tough or whatever your deal is, you need to use your body to defend. If you're just gonna wave your stick around and not get in somebody's grill or at least skate into the guy or... You know, edge them off the puck with your body or rub them out or something. That's what drives me the most nuts about the skilled defensemen on the Leafs. They're absolutely phenomenal players. But you cannot go in a playoff series against Boston. You look at those games one and two. They ran all over the Leafs. And you know why? It's cause we're too easy to play against in certain situations. And this is where I relate back to what Babcock is talking about, where Babcock wants to have a little grit, a little grind, a little size. You know, Odoganov is in there because he's six two every game, as he says, right? He will uh, be six two every there's game. There's not enough right? of that. And I'm not saying we need to pick less skilled guys. I think we just need a handful of guys that are tough to play against. Guys who play like Gary Roberts. Guys who play like Zach Hyman. Who was our best player against the Bruins last year? It was fucking Zach Hyman. That's why we lost. Because Zach Hyman <laughs> was the best player. All right, so he shouldn't be.
1: What What am I fucking writing down here? Like, what, what am I supposed to write all that shit? Down? Okay, what am well, I down? be my, harder. The to play question. Against. The be question. To play well, that was
0: my my answer to what improvement do I want to see? You want to be harder year. to play against? I want to be. I want to see the Leafs being harder to play against.
1: Specifically, physically.
0: Well, physically, because that's what lacked. That's pretty vague. You, that's, not, at the, that's at the not end fake. of the year
1: at the end of the year you're going to be like, "Oh, I was right. We were much harder to play against this year." But well, you, yeah, well, if we score 7 goals, that's pretty fucking hard to play. I know, against.
0: but the thing is it's not an easy thing to quantify in terms of stats because we can look at fucking graphs charts No, but you are talking
1: about eye tests. So what's your eye test? You want My to eye t- test is that you physical. see
0: that you don't get bowled over by a team like the Bruins physical. or whomever. Like you need to see that they're playing physically and Writing that they're down physical. not Sure, physical. That's an easy way to explain it because I don't want to see a team get bowled over on every shift when you don't it's great we're an excellent team with the puck right so we're like we're a possession team okay we gotta we own the puck more than the other team but if the time that you spend without the puck is waving your stick around and not playing physically I'm sorry but it's not cutting it it might cut it in 10 years when the NHL goes full like full soft and full nerf but like which we're, we're headed towards it it sure seems that way and if you give if you look at the NHL now, it's so drastically different than it was even five years ago. But if we are going to play that way, I don't see us succeeding right now. Because it was very evident against the Bruins. You look at the Capitals who won the Cup. They won the Cup because they had an edge.
1: That's they, right.
0: They beat the shit out of some of those teams physically, on the boards, in the corners. It's still important. I'm not saying that we need to keep Polak's over Ovechkinovs or Hull's or characters or whomever. Right. I'm saying we just every player needs to integrate a little edge in their game if they're gonna be successful. And that's my rant. Alright. That so was what, a good that was a good rant. So what do you want to see from improvements from last year? Because that was, that was my shit.
1: That was a good rant. Before I move on to my answer, I'll just let you know we're approaching the one hour mark. So we should be good to just complete the remainder of your questions. I see you have a few more. We'll do get, more well, yeah, we'll get through we'll get through the rest of these questions and then we'll fucking cut it, and then we'll cut it because we're gonna do another pod, uh, on Thursday
0: after opening night. Yeah, I think I think that's in the right? cards.
1: So that's an advertisement to the listeners to stick around for Thursday. It'll probably be up either late Thursday night or at some point, uh, Friday morning, and then we'll tackle the uh, we'll tackle the NHL. We'll tackle some awards. Uh, we'll tackle uh, basically that. Let's just do a big awards show. Hey, award let's do show? a big award show. Yeah, Calder, fucking whatever, Vesna, everything. We'll just cover all of it. We'll have a nice few days to research, and then we'll we'll join the listeners for uh, maybe a bit of a shorter pod, forty minutes or whatever, and roll with opening night and some award show.
0: Yeah, I got Sound really good? carried away on that last one there. Yeah, that's all right. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's
1: good though. Those are those are the kind of rants that that you know create content. So I'm okay with it. For mine, uh, the improvements, it's pretty obvious. Uh, I almost feel bad putting it down but it's the late starts it's the babcock uh, yes start, uh, fucking start on time boys are not starting on time it, it happened time. a lot last year you know it was literally there were points throughout the season where it was every fucking night every night it was well the boys just aren't fucking playing and freddie makes a few big saves and then we either are battling back to win a game or we're still lucky to be in the fucking game and i really think uh, you know, if I'm keeping my answer short on this one, I really think that the acquisition of John Tavares, the veteran leader, is going to change that immensely. Or that, on time. Or help that immensely. Starting on time, showing up to the rink, being in the zone, and being fucking prepared for when that puck drops. Because if you're not, then you're going to be tough sledding to get two points. And two points is huge. Every single night, I don't care who you're playing, you got to start on time. And you got to, you're right, you got to show a physical presence. You got to start on time. You got to be hard on pucks. You got to be Zach Hyman out there. Yeah. But we have a lot of guys that have the elite level skill, but we don't have a lot of guys that have the elite level desire that Zach Hyman has to make a difference out there. Yeah. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. And I think it starts with, like I said, John Taveras coming in, veteran leadership. And I think it gets backed up by a guy like Mitch Marner, who has really proven to everybody that he's in it for the long haul.
0: And you play the defensive side of the puck, too.
1: And Mitch Marner is a real key point here. Kind of brings us back to our most points. I like your pick for Marner because he's at that point now where his agent is already having preliminary discussions with the Leafs about signing. Please They're obviously him now. not fucking signing before, Please knee, sign him now. before Nylander signs. Because <laughs> I mean,
0: know? He's, he's going to score 90 points, and then all of a sudden well, we don't know what to do. That's the whole fear. And, I mean, good problem to have, right? But it sure seems like we're in a situation where he's poised to let it up, and if you're Marner, you're going to play it smart and just bide your time. All right,
1: so next uh, topic is the big question. Where are we going to finish in the division?
0: Where are we going to finish in the division? Uh, Jesus, this is the toughest one because – i got to give Boston and Tampa the benefit of the doubt here, but I'm going to plug us in a second this time around. Okay. And I'm saying this because I feel like our ability as the uh, – sorry, I should keep saying our – this is the way I talk about the Leafs, so get used to it. Yeah, we it is are, we.
1: It's leaf hour, you know, man. It's fucking they, leaf hour. Yeah, they, yeah. we, us. Let's so
0: go. I believe that they will have learned from their experiences of last year. Yes, Tampa and Boston have stayed the same and or gotten better. But I see that the growth of the Leafs should allow them to compete better with these teams. Now that we've seen how last season shook down, we have a better impression of what this year is going to look like. The Leafs know full well going into this season that they're going to be competing with Boston and Tampa, jockeying for position throughout this season. So it's very important that they keep that in mind, and they're going to keep it in mind just like they did all the way through the second half of last season. So here we are going into this season looking at your immediate foes. Your immediate rivals are Tampa and Boston. So I feel like I give them second just because Boston, I'm not sure if they replicate that hot streak they had last year. They went through this insane period of time where all they did was win. Yeah. I'm not sure they could do it. Yes, they've retooled in the fly. They've got some good young up-and-comers mixed with some veterans, but I'm not sold on Boston's defense. Just like I wasn't last year. So there's a good chance. And Krug is out now for a while. To and start. he's out for a while, which places them at a disadvantage.
1: And for our fantasy listeners out there, go scoop up Charlie McAvoy.
0: Charlie McAvoy and Jake DeBrusk. His also.
1: value. Uh, well, Jake DeBrusk is a forward, but well, uh, I
0: had him on my uh, on my. Uh, Pick list there on my breakout.
1: Nice, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I did see that. I did Mac- I did not
0: name him, though. McAvoy
1: just moves up the depth chart there, uh, and his fantasy value goes through the roof uh, with Krug being out. Anyway, um, I'll put us at first, Lesko. I, I think, uh, and this is going to tie in with our Freddie starts, which is your next question, how, yes. many, how many starts will Freddie get? So I'll just roll with both answers right now. Um, I'm going to put us in first in the division, and the reason being is because cool. I think Freddie is going to get 69 starts and probably win... Forty or more of them.
0: You're talking about career year.
1: I'm talking career. I'm talking career year for some obvious players, like our young players, Marner and Matthews. They're there. I feel like they're going to career. I feel like John Tavares is is set to have a career year. Uh, I mean, I don't. I just don't think that this is some kind of fucking rinky dink uh, transaction where someone went home because they liked the team, like the way you know Jeff O'Neill came to Toronto at the end of his career. You know, not to say that Jeff O'Neill is <laughs> a rinky dink player. Knock. Yeah. Oh, dog, like, you know, my apologies, bud. Like, you're a great guy, and I loved you as a Leaf. But it's not that kind of acquisition. We're talking about a guy in his fucking prime. We're talking about a guy that has been, you know, obtained. <laughs> like, he was, what, exceptional status in the OHL as a 15-year-old? There's yeah. a reason for that. He's a phenomenal fucking player. And oh, he's it's gonna, the greatest homecoming Leafs history. And he's going to put us in first place in the division along with a – total breakout season by the leafs blue line i'm way more bullish on the leafs blue line than anybody else it seems i feel like i'm right up there with kyle dubas on the confidence level of our blue line going into the season and i think it's not going to be an issue whatsoever Uh, i don't think it's going to stand out but i don't think it's going to be a fucking issue for us Uh, and with steady freddie back there having a decent october uh hopefully I feel like uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be ahead of uh, Boston and Tampa. And that's the goal this year. The goal is not to make the playoffs and do well. The goal is to finish first in the division. And I think with that as our goal in mind, I think the Leafs will be able to, uh, to do that. So... Uh, into the next one, Freddie starts sixty nine. I got sixty nine starts for Freddie. Sixty nine uh, starts. Year. He's got sixty six in the in his last two seasons, respectively. So with that number in mind, it's going to be no less than sixty six, and I don't think he'll get more than seventy.
0: I'm going to go on a on a limb here and just just to contradict you a little bit on this front, but I'm going to go sixty starts or less because I'm going to, and there's no real logical answer for this other than. I would like to see it, and it would be most beneficial to the club to see Garrett Sparks show well in his starts and well enough that Babs gives him the confidence to start more games in order to lighten the load on Anderson. And my logic for this is no more than unproven wizardry and bullshit <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, HL goal of the year, he showed some poise last year. Also, he was god-awful in Game 6 of the Calder Cup Final, lit it up in Game 7. Right. So... I just I just hope that he can compliment Anderson in the perfect way to set them up, tee them up for the playoffs.
1: All right, so we still got a little bit of time left. We got about ten minutes left before we gotta wrap. So Okay. Let's um. With that said, let's just uh, skip right over your fucking seventh question here, because it's will Josh Levo get to play ever? Everyone's hurt. Just fucking no. Yeah. Retired of that shit. It's no. He's not playing. It's
0: no. He's not playing. <laughs> as soon as Willie comes back, he's back in the press box. Go goes on waivers, and he's to You grab your popcorn, Levo, or g- it. beg for a trade because it's true. So you're fucked.
1: With uh, that leads us right into your next question, which is Nylander. Uh How long before Nylander suits up? So. My uh, decision or my selection, if I look uh, ahead on the schedule, I believe that he will be signed and in the lineup in time for our game next
0: Saturday against the Washington Capitals. We open next, the season. Like this upcoming no, Saturday next or Saturday. next Saturday? No, next Saturday. That's why I said next Saturday. I got Saturday. a whole thing about that.
1: So we play Ottawa, Montreal, Chicago, Dallas, and Fuck. Uh, Detroit. Did I say Detroit?
0: What's up with... No, you didn't say Detroit. What's up with the fucking Western road swing right in the middle of the season? Or, sorry, beginning of the season? No,
1: I don't know if it is on the road. Is it on the road? Is it? How do we not know this? I don't think it's on the road. Well, um, I hope
0: not because that's we a play bullshit wa- start to the season. We
1: play Washington on the road on Saturday. That's what mm. I'm saying. So, I think
0: Nylander will be So, back. you think you give them a week into the season? Yeah, they so. are. you're right. They are on the
1: road. So, we're at home to Montreal, home to Ottawa. Then, we go on the road. Chicago... Sunday, Tuesday, Dallas, Thursday, Detroit, Saturday,
0: Washington. So you're giving so
1: a week. Why? What I'm saying – well, why? Because we're going to win against Montreal. We're going to win against Ottawa. <laughs> so we're you're gonna, based is, on the
0: schedule ease?
1: Yeah. We're, well, absolutely. How can you not? fair. Nylander's camp is What's hoping Nylander's camp is hoping that we stumble. Right. And we will not stumble because we don't play Pittsburgh and we don't play Winnipeg. We play Winnipeg later in the month back to back, but we don't play them early. We play Montreal. Are you fucking kidding me? We play Ottawa. Come on. We play Chicago. What the fuck? So, so if we, we shit Dallas. the bed
0: against Montreal and Ottawa, you think we're going to be in a mad scramble to fucking sign, sign Lee- Le- Le- Nylander at yeah, that point? It, it, 6.9. You give... You got to give Dubis more credit than that, though. He's not going to sit there and sweat. No, and I don't. Nec- no, no, two I'm, I'm not necessarily
1: saying that if we have a bad start, then it then he's going to sign. I'm no, just but that that's what his camp banking on. That's is what, what his saying. camp is banking yeah. on, and which makes not, sense. It's not going to happen, Lesko. Go. We're going to no. fucking dummy these teams. Montreal, tr- Montreal, Ottawa, Chicago, Detroit. If we lose, we are we sucked, and that's not acceptable. Dallas I'll give us a loss because they could be fucking on fire that night but come on man Montreal Ottawa those are fucking wins Chicago is a win even though it's on the road especially if you're coming off back to back wins at home and then you go on the road things are looking good Nylander is sweating and now it's Sunday now it's Monday then they play in Dallas what if they win that game too? And now they start four and oh, you are signing, you are picking up a pen and you are fucking signing because you're, if you're not signing, you're hurting yourself.
0: Oh, well, he's missing out on the points party. Well, he's also missing Patting out. He's also missing out on a, on a
1: fucking check.
0: Right. Yeah. None, none of I this think they makes any sense. The other day I was listening to, I think it was Friday's episode of overdrive and they said it's like 32 K a day or something. That he's, he'd be giving up. Which yeah, I heard that too. Couch change, I'm sure, for him. But at the same time, like you said, if they're lighting it up, he wants to get in on that.
1: Well, he needs to because he needs to have a – and if it's going to be a bridge, let's say, because if he, can't, if he caves, okay, I firmly believe that if he caves, it's going to be in the form of a bridge, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like five, three for two years or maybe three years, and then you just go out and you kill it. You yeah. kill it for those for those two or three years, and then you come back and you make some fucking coin. And it'll be even better coin because the cap will continue to go up each time.
0: Yeah, and you know what? The salary cap is fucked because as a fan, I'm like, no bridge. Just sign him at a good, fair-ass deal at six point whatever million. I don't even give a shit. He's asking what for too much. Six? And I'm sure he's asking for too much, but just give him the six point whatever. Sign him down, but clearly he's holding out for more than that or he'd be signed.
1: All right, so give me a date then. Mine's October thirteenth. Yours
0: is October thirteenth. I'm gonna go on a limb and say somehow they find a way to get a sign by opening night? No, this upcoming weekend. I won't okay, give 'em opening so night.
1: So Ottawa on the sixth.
0: Is Ottawa on the Saturday? Ottawa's on the sixth. Okay. Yeah. So he so misses
1: he misses Montreal by misses- Saturday. You're, you could be right right there though Because he misses the opening night He misses everybody having some fucking fun And then what if we just go out and pound Montreal And then he just signs I, mean, I gotta sign You know I gotta come home
0: You know he wants to play He's just doing what he's told right yeah, now right. His, his agent his daddy, daddy And whatever the fuck is going on there fucking daddy Alright All next right. question we got here Is will the Leafs add a D-man And I mean throughout the whole season essentially
1: Uh fuck This is a tough one for me man Um if you're throwing it to me, I'm writing down the question right now. We'll leave All right, well, I'll take it from I, here so I, if you're okay, making go notes. go ahead.
0: But my my thoughts on this is that Dubis has got faith in the guys he's brought up. He's been, you know, grooming these guys essentially for a while, and he wouldn't have kept some of these guys around like whole like I'm sure he had something to do with Ozoganov, but he wouldn't have kept these guys around if he didn't have – faith in their NHL potential. Not necessarily when he signed them, these guys are going to walk into the NHL, but whereas I'm going to work with these guys, our staff is going to work with these guys and we'll make something happen. So I think that they're going to test the waters, see how it goes throughout the you know, the majority of the season. It might even be up until the trade deadline. If they feel they need to add and they're in a competitive position to challenge for a cup or whatever, going deep in the playoffs, then they're going to do it. So, otherwise, I see him trusting this crew, and if they work out fine, then he's going to roll with it. I was just going to ask you, like, what the fuck are you choosing here? Is it yes or is it no? No. I'm going to say no based right. on Dubas' outlook day one, but it's going to change based on the season. Well, it's, it's a funny question because it's gonna the answer's going to evolve.
1: All of these answers could evolve, <laughs> you fuck.
0: <laughs>
1: like, what are you saying right now? Have another beer. Listen, my answer is yes. And I, I I would I hope that my answer is no. And I would like to have my answer be no, but again, we are doing good podcasting here, or so we hope. So we want to have both 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 sides of the coin. So for my side of the coin is yes. The reason being is because I really, really believe that that this is our year. And I don't mean that we have no chance in, in future years. I'm just saying that if the time is right. The time is now we have some money available to us and we can utilize that money to increase the talent, the veteran leadership, the playoff experience on our roster without the sake of losing our players. Now, when I say losing our players, I mean, sure, we may lose a couple players via a trade for a player on the blue line who may or may not be available. I don't know these things. But I am saying that if there is an opportunity, then I think that we will take that opportunity, provided that we won't be losing assets. Now, I use assets Or very, lineup players. That's what I mean. It's, thank you. Specifically lineup players. I, I believe that we do have the asset, the, the the accumulation of the assets that we've gotten over the past three or four years have been leading us to this point. And I remember having this conversation with fellow Leaf fans like three years ago. And we said, man, look at all these draft picks and all these you know, future potential prospects we're stalking. Like, you know, these could be magical beans that don't turn into anything, go." But the point of the matter is they're there, and other teams may take a swing on bringing them to their roster as well. And we've seen that throughout all these years in the NHL. One team giving up on a player and another team saying, hey, we'll try him out. You throw a couple of picks in there, and before you know it, you've picked up a 2D for what you would say is, quote-unquote, nothing.
0: And even picking up a 2D on the trade market is just difficult. No, you would think like it would it's... be unlikely. But all I'm saying is, but I'm, I mean, I'm saying But you pick yes. up a guy who ends up slotting in for you and working sure. out. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Like, so I'm just going with yes based on the fact that we may get to the point as the as a team that we've realized that this is actually our time. Right. And why would we not do that? Every team every team that has won the Cup, Lesko, has—not every team that has won the Cup, but I did read something where it was like, you know, six of the last seven Cup winners or something had made a very impactful move. Like a good guy in the deadline. Something. Something. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a fucking, you know, 40 goal score or less go. I'm just saying some sort of impactful move. That, yeah. And when I say impactful, I mean hindsight being 2020. 20, yeah. They picked him up, they won the cup. He was a reason why.
0: And that, everyone's so a that's reason. That's why, why I'm really wishy-washy on this question because I'm like, obviously based on the camp outcome and the lack of movement on the defensive end throughout the offseason is that Gdubas is happy to walk into the season and see what he has. And if it doesn't work out, I'm sure they're going to try and pull someone in because I agree with you in the context that given the Gardner situation, given the kids' contract situations and the amount of money they're being paid and bringing in Tavares allows us an opportunity to actually challenge for a cup or at least consider ourselves in that conversation. Now, the serious look at that idea is not going to come until the trade deadline. So that's why I said... They're okay where they are and that they're going to see what they have and see how well it works for the team and then roll into the trade deadline and reevaluate everything and say, okay, are we contending? And if we are contending, what do we need to do to put ourselves in the situation to actually make it deep?
1: Well, like I said, I mean, every team that's going deep is is making some sort of adjustment, and whether it be something from within the organization. Maybe we can get Marion Hosa
0: from the Coyotes if we can get him some. Uh, I don't know. Put a lot of our sports science and money into getting us some non-allergic hockey gear.
1: <laughs> Come on, you're all over that allergic hockey gear. Right? I feel
0: really. I feel really bad because I, I was. I used to hate Hosa when he played for the Sens, like back in the Leaf Sens days. But then, like, over the years, I really, like, enjoyed watching him play because he was a great two-way guy.
1: Yeah, of course. There, anybody that was tearing it up against the Leafs, we hated. And there was a lot of those sense players back in, back in that time, right?
0: And the funniest part about Hossa was when he went to Pittsburgh and then lost to Detroit oh. and then went to Detroit and lost against Pittsburgh. Like, it was the most epic. Like, it was such a chirp on those guys. And it was very common. I feel like it's less common now where the guy signs here for a year, I'm going to win a cup. Signs here for a year, to try and win a cup, and right. he got burned by that real hard.
1: It was. I mean, it was. I almost felt bad for the guy. Like he just—he's a good player. It's not like he was the reason why they lost. I mean, no. let's be honest here. But it just happened to work out that way. All right. Anyway, let's wrap it up. You know what? Yeah. I, once again, let's go. I'm telling you right now, we're at a buck seventeen, baby. Buck 17, not on the segment
0: or on the overall show. No, on
1: the overall show, man. Okay. That's where we've been. That's where we've been every episode so far. We've been at 117. So it's a Buck
0: 17 of Leafs talk. We have not gotten to anything else. And you
1: keep bitching at me that it's long. I don't think it's long. Tweet us if you think it's long. Tweet us if you think we should keep going. Listen, thanks for joining. It's been a good episode three of the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam and Josh. Make sure you follow us at Coleman42. At Adam Lesko. And we're going to fire up a twitter handle for the actual podcast itself so uh, keep your eyes out for that and our next podcast is going to be dropped pretty quickly we're going to get together the thursday uh, this thursday the season is just two sleeps away Lesko, go i'm very excited i'm shitting my pants i really can't wait it's going to be unreal and uh hopefully let will bring some diapers to the next pod i don't know but uh yeah we played us it out with a nice play nice little uh Contra musical there from the Electronic Guitar, and this one is Vertex Guy, and he's got just under 7,000 subscribers, so not quite as much as the earlier one from
0: before. But is he uh, covering more Mega Man tracks?
1: I don't know, we'll have to look, we'll have to see. And again, if anyone uh, you know, knows of an old video game that they love the track to, make sure you tweet at us and let us know, and we'll make sure to. Throw it up on the pod. So once again, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been Episode 3 of the Pucks in Deep Podcast. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko signing off for another one, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday, October 4th. NHL starts in just two nights, baby. Shut it down.